0: Um, welcome to your favourite teacher. We are having our first podcast of 2019 with my lovely friend, Charlie. Woo,
1: um,
0: so this is quite exciting um, because normally, obviously normally these podcasts, we do really boring things where we just go through exam topics.
1: Yeah, I'm um, sure they're really interesting. I don't yeah. know why I said yes so readily.
0: <laughs> um, so it will be nice to talk about something um a bit different
1: so uh tell us about your school days um my time at school when I was younger so um I I mean Charlie and I went to the
0: same school by the way just as a spoiler
1: (laughs) you're gonna know if I'm lying now Yeah. (laughs) yeah I was a model student um no um so I'm well I'm now a teacher um at a, a school in St Albans, but i am um, and I also have an Instagram and everything, so I'm sure we'll come on to that but um I've been back to school a few times since leaving um kind of as a teacher for courses, teacher courses, and things oh, really? like that yeah, and it's really weird whenever I go back because all of the teachers that used to teach me. Um, are still there and they are just like, oh, I didn't expect you to become a teacher. I
0: had the exact yeah. same thing yeah. where I, I actually remember bumping into a group of teachers, I think at ZZ's, and I was so excited, <laughs> ran over there and was like, saw one of my old English teachers. I was like, I'm an English teacher. And yeah. she was like,
1: really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I yeah. Uh, I
0: don't know what happened either. fell
1: yeah. into it. So I think that um, yeah, when I was at school, I was... Um, rebellious shall we say up until the age of about uh, I 17. I no. don't recall that at all. <laughs> I think that all the bright ones push boundaries that's what I like to say anyway and I think now like being a teacher it's quite interesting because whenever children are trying to do the same to me I'm always like I know this game I've played yeah. it so many times I know what you're doing um, but Yeah I I just wasn't really a fan of um, doing things that I didn't want to do. I think that's still the case in my life but it meant that at school I was um, testing probably to teach up until sixth form when I got to choose what I wanted to do and then I was actually um, really good and um, yeah I was one of those people that sort of got better as time went on and and, um, through uni as well like my grades went up and Oh, I just I, I was, just got better at because I was actually doing something that I wanted to do.
0: I was like the opposite. Why I was so Were keen, so keen in school like I mean my my best friend Charlotte didn't want to be friends with me because I was so keen. <laughs> I had to force her to be friends with me in year 7. And then like, you know, GCSEs, I'm like so hardworking, 17 years old, I'm introduced to boys for the first time and suddenly I'm like, I don't care about anything but boys and the grades just went like straight downhill. My dad had to drag me out of um, the cock in Harpenden the night before my maths AS (laughs) level where I was doing karaoke and he was like what do you think you're doing, Catherine? So, yeah. Mine was
1: opposite. opposite. I kind of got introduced to boys maybe a a bit earlier, sort of 14, 15, 16 (laughs) years old. And then by the time I was 18, I was pretty much over it. Um, Yeah. And now it's funny because people say, um, I'm 27, so still not old, I don't think. But people say like, oh, did you have a good weekend? Did you go out? And I'm like, I can't actually remember the last time I went out. So I, I think know. I just got it all out my system like far too early. You did you but, used to um, be a party girl. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah.
0: Um, what would you say to your teenage self? Yeah. I so think... most of our listeners, I mean, if there are any, um, <laughs> there uh, are, I'm <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> um, will probably be like those ages of GCSEs, 15, yeah. 16, like yeah. not pleasant time to be no, alive it's really for anyone, hard. really.
1: Yeah, I mean, firstly, that, that's what I would say, like, it is hard. And there will be so many people probably giving you advice from so many different angles. And none of it will be very helpful, because you're just going through like your own stuff. And and it is hard, like, it's really not a nice time to be um, alive, almost. And, and at the same time, you're going through these exams that people keep hammering into you are going to determine your whole future. Um, so it's, it's really hard time. I think that, um, I would say to myself, like, it's okay to find it a hard time, firstly, because you're fighting against that constantly with yourself when you're that age. Um, and also I remember like when, um, when I was about 23, I think I'd just split up with a long-term boyfriend and, um, took on a mortgage on my own from, from him and was pretty much bankrupt and life was really, really rubbish. Good times. Yeah, it was, it was good. It gets better. <laughs> um, and then I remember I was in the car with my mum and I just said to my mum, like, I think I finally like, value myself. And Aww. I think there's a lot of things on social media at the moment It's quite trendy, like self-love and loving yourself. And I think that that in itself can put quite a lot of pressure on because people can think, oh, I don't love myself. What's wrong with me? Like, I should be loving yeah. myself and I don't. But I think that feeling comfortable with yourself and valuing your worth is so important. Yeah. And when you're doing GCSEs and A-levels, is a time when you really don't, I don't think. Well,
0: because you are reduced to a grade or now a yeah. number yeah um and it's kind it's a really crappy feeling yeah because you kind of have your best case scenario the best version of you based on a set of results the worst version of you based on a set of yeah. results when actually you're about more than the sum of that slip of paper that you're gonna get in August mm. um it's yeah it's re- it's a really hard time like yeah. I look back now sort of 12, 13 years on and just, I'm like, God, like, well done for getting through that. And I don't think people ever really think about the amount of pressures that you're under and that that you actually got through. So even if you didn't do as well as you think, like... It doesn't matter. You can no, pick yourself matter.
1: up. I mean, I was um, I was at the gym this morning and there was a, um, a girl there who was waiting for her mum while she was having a PT session. And she was in year six and she had all these SATs booklets um, uh. there and she was revising for her SATs coming up. And, you know, I at my school, we have um, different tests going on throughout the year and children break down. They're like 10, 11 years old and they're breaking down and, and you just have to sort of stop and think like these tests a a lot of these tests are yes helping you determine your future but a lot of them are just for the school really yeah and for the individual teacher and that is the pressure on them and that's not your pressure and actually, you know, it's cliche, isn't it? Like, reeling off people who don't have degrees and don't have, like, yeah. a good set of results or whatever the case may be. But it's just one aspect of who you are and it's not determining your, like, self. It's no. just one aspect of it who you just, are. It is just, yeah. And it
0: does, it's very difficult to to see that and feel that. And I taught lots of 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, and it is all-consuming yeah. and I get that, but yeah. it's like it, it really is just such a small part of who you are and who you're going to become. Yeah, and it doesn't really need to close any doors if if you don't let it. Um, why did you um why did you get into teaching?
1: Um, so I got into uh, teaching kind of by mistake, really. <laughs> um, I when I was at school, I just. Um, really wanted to make a lot of money and work in the city, and I was very money oriented. Orientated, oriented. I'm not sure, um, but. Um, I had a few jobs at university to do was like property brokering and I worked um, at Gatwick Airport at Enterprise Rent-A-Car and I did all sorts of those things and I made quite good money from it and I was mainly in sales because I failed the driving test and wasn't allowed to drive the cars. <laughs> but um, I so I, I, I just didn't really like it and I thought there might be sort of more to life as it were. So I applied for Teach First um which I did get offered a place on, but in, in the interim of, of starting that I um bought a house with my ex boyfriend and needed to be in one place. So I, I did schools direct is yes, is how I trained how I, to teach. Yeah, that's how I um, that was quite good. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good way of training. Um and I trained at a school in Wembley for a year. Um and then had to sort of leave there, otherwise I was definitely gonna quit teaching. But it was never really a a plan a planned career for me. I think some people think it's a real vocation. Um I never really had that feeling. My mum was a teacher, so I right. think sometimes it runs in families. Yeah. Um but yeah, now I love my job and I um, you know, I, I think there's I get so much fulfilment from it, and I think that um, you know the the older you get and the more you kind of realise what life's about, like that becomes more important. Like being able to get up on a Monday morning, and enjoy going into work is just such a valuable thing and not many people have it no and i don't
0: think until you until you have it i don't think you necessarily realize what you're missing yeah but then when you have that sense of like your day is filled with with joy yeah and it really can be when you're with working with kids it's just a different level of um you know, that feeling of, of being valued and, and knowing that you're making a difference. Yeah. Um. What do you, I mean, so I obviously left teaching yeah. um, to, to an extent um, for my own frustrations. Do you have any frustrations working in the primary sector?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I used to work in an academy um, in Wembley and that was um, very different because it was very much a business and it was run like a business and that was a real baptism of fire in terms of learning how to teach so I was in my fourth week my mentor and the teacher in my class left because they couldn't handle the class and it was like oh you've got 32 children you're taking the class now sort of thing and I was in week four and just had no idea what to do and you're sort of counting backwards from 10 trying to get them to be quiet and you get to three two one and yeah, you realise like, no one's being quiet. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Two
0: and three quarters. They're <laughs> like, what's Someone happening? bloody listen? Shut and up. I think
1: that that kind of lack of support and like that lack of structured support was really frustrating. And there was no work life balance there. And that was a case of like I had to leave that school otherwise I wouldn't have I wouldn't have survived in teaching. Yeah. Um where I'm at now is couldn't be more different really it's um a real community and an extension of you know family and friends really Aww. and it's a really nice place to be and I think that that is really important that whether you're teaching or whatever job you're having you kind of um again it's about valuing yourself and what you're worth because you need to remember that you need to choose the place that you're working just as much as them choosing you yeah and I think that with schools you know, the head teacher and the leadership team is fundamental in sort of setting that tone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And
1: if it's a good tone, then it can be a lovely place to be. Do you think that that
0: academies can ever really have the freedom to be a place like that when they are a business?
1: Yeah.
0: It's really true, because I know exactly what you mean, and and the school I taught at I loved for many years, um, and then it just all became a bit too much because... Well, that's exactly it. It just became too much and there was too much that was business and results and data driven and it was for the sake of it. And, you know, but then I look back and I think, could they do it any other way if their funding and everything is so tied in um, to to these things, to these justifications?
1: Mm. It's like, yeah, I think they I think they can do it, but I think it takes a specific type of person or people to be on the leadership team. And I think that that they, I think it's kind of two things that I really m- missed and needed when I was teaching in an academy, even though I only did it for a short time. Firstly, I didn't have any respect for the leadership because they didn't teach. Right. So I think that if yeah. you are um, leading somebody and giving them countless inset or you know after school sessions on how to teach and you're not teaching oh, be it can same become as, like, very difficult books, like yeah
0: this you know these are the standards yeah. your books should be marked to and it's like do you have 250 yeah, of Yeah exactly
1: yeah oh. no I know so that that was really frustrating to kill myself. and the other thing is just the the kind of um, personable aspect of it and I remember when I Um, went for an application of a promotion at my school to be a head of department. Um, My head teacher said to me, you know, you're fantastic for it. You're the person that we want, but you're going to have to start asking people how they are and how their day is. And even if you don't care, you're going to have to pretend a little bit that you (laughs) care. Like go into the staff room, ask them if they want a cup of tea, ask them how their weekend was. And I think that's really important. Even if you switch off and you're dead behind the eyes. Because (laughs) you can be data driven and you can be results driven. But if you don't have anyone that wants to go that extra mile for you when things are hard and when they're tired and when they've had 250 books to mark, then it's It's not going to be long lasting.
0: I think that's really good advice for like any managerial position. I'm just thinking, I'm going to go upstairs, (laughs) check on Sam, see how his weekend was, and ask him if he'd like a green tea. Yeah. The only thing I have in. Um, So tell us about um, Charlotte Ann, your Instagram name, and what, like, how that has been becoming an influencer. This is something that. Everyone kind of hears about, oh, yeah. she's an influencer, but we don't yeah. really know what it means. Who do you influ- influence and what do you influence? Things yeah,
1: like so my Instagram name used to be Fit Shah, um, and it was for a while, and I had to change that because of work, actually, um, which might be a, a whole other sort of podcast conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, now it's um, UK, and um, it's kind of health and fitness based, and just my life really, I guess that it follows. Um, I get most replies on my stories about my cat or my boyfriend or my nails. So yeah, that's it really, nothing to do with health and fitness. Um, But I think the the whole concept of being an influencer is an interesting one. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing a blog post for your favourite teacher, all about the increase in the number of um, school age children that want to be famous, like bloggers, right. YouTubers, um, vloggers, that type of thing. Um, I think that influencer is um, an interesting choice of word, not one that I'm particularly fond of. But oh, sorry. anyone, no, but <laughs> I, I like it's it's just weird because it's like, it's a weird concept because I never sort of started my Instagram account wanting to be an influencer or wanting to have an yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it just kind of so came up overnight. Of, it Didn't... just kind of grew, yeah. And
0: then I think we worked out together um, doing legs, thumbs and tums. Yeah, some summers, <laughs> summers ago. Yeah, and then it and then I hadn't seen you uh for a while, yeah. and then my sister was like you know, Charlie's got like 23,000 Instagram yeah. followers. I was like, what? Yeah. She's like, yeah, she's like really taking this fitness stuff seriously. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I think it. that I, um, uh, it was kind of just my friends being like, look, can you stop posting pictures of your workouts, please, on your normal account? And then I decided to switch over to more of a business. Um profile but anyone really actually I get quite a lot of messages from girls that are sort of have like 6,000 8,000 10,000 followers saying like um, can I ask your advice on whether I should be charging for posts can I ask your advice on what I should be um, asking for to be gifted to me all this like dodgy territory and it's really interesting because nobody tells you Nobody wants to share any of that information because it's all very under wraps and it's all... um, It's
0: like a secret world. Yeah, it is a
1: little bit of a secret world, but I think that actually you can be an influencer like, doesn't matter how many followers you are, you have, because if you're changing people's mindset about things or you're influencing them to buy products, then you are an influencer and sometimes like micro-influencers like me... um, are kind of more hot on that than people that have millions of followers because I guess it's more attainable. Yeah. So people you know and and also there's that genuine nature to it as well that I genuine I guess some edge. people
0: it's it's the second half of so perhaps they've been on a reality show, yeah, and then they naturally like we we all saw um, people on Love Island last summer who yes. who bef- they did like before and after the sh- the show and it had yeah. aired and mm. they just rocketed up by a hundred thousand or so, like you know something mental, yeah. And then that's not them sort of necessarily having sculpted and worked to get that audience. They have yeah. just got the audience and then can influence people afterwards, yeah.
1: I mean, that's, like, you literally, if you watch the Love Island, like, the first showing of Love Island, which um, I did with David, and really, like, embarrassingly, but true, refreshing pages of people. Did you? Yeah, and they're going up by, like, 5,000 followers a second, like, literally. It's like like buying them. You refresh them. them. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, like, so such a big um, stage for people, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, What is the reality of, like... I mean, because I honestly don't know how you fit it all in, yeah, and i I said to you yeah. when you arrived this morning, I can't believe you went to that sweatbox class at six thirty in the morning yes. on half turn yeah, yeah, um, it must be a bit
1: much yeah, it is a bit much, and I've become much better at saying no to things as well, which I think is important too, um because I think that if you do influence people through your social media, you have to be really careful about how you're doing that and only doing it with products or concepts that you really believe in yeah. um, so I've been through some horrific um, companies and products that I've promoted things like um, stupid teas or like fat burning capsules or not those specifically but companies that make those yeah. um, and now I just wouldn't go anywhere near it but um, yeah I've always been somebody that's being kind of a workaholic I think but it really is like the social media world is 24 7 so anyone can message you at any time and that is can be quite intense and you have to learn to give yourself like time okay between you know this for this half an hour I'm gonna actively engage with comments on people's photos. Yeah. For this half an hour I'm going to shoot these three products because I need them to go out within the next month or so. For... So a lot of it is about planning and 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 then not taking things personally as well. Yeah. Like when companies are you know really interested and then don't respond or when people are really horrible you know in your DMs or something like that like I not can't make,
0: even not, um, like fathom having that as a
1: personal thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I I just I mean, I, I'm actually quite sensitive, and like yeah. I, even when people, so obviously people are trialing um, your favourite teacher, yeah. and I could get a thousand people being like, this is really great, this is really helpful. Yeah. I have one guy tell me that it's crap,
1: yeah.
0: and I cry, yeah. and and I know I need to toughen up with that, yeah. but so for people to be and that that's them attacking something that is actually still separate from me yeah for for them attacking like your appearance yeah. and things like that it's like
1: what? i mean that is like that was kind of when i decided to make it a business and i had about 8,000 followers, I think, when um, I accidentally entered into a competition to win something with another influencer who was quite big and had like 50,000 followers. And I didn't realize that I'd entered in by commenting on her photo, but she um I wasn't actually following her and one of the terms and conditions was to be following her. And she just absolutely went in on me on Instagram, on Snapchat, gotcha. like being like, I hate it when people um, enter into your competitions and aren't even following you, like if you think I'm going to send you the products, Bob. And I literally woke up and I had Aww. a barrage of people that I didn't even know um, telling me how horrible and selfish I was because I'd done this to this girl. And, and I it was, was really naivety. upset about it. Yeah, yeah. and um, I remember, you know, my family being like, you either need to just delete it or, you need to decide it's going to be a business, in which case you need to toughen up a little bit, yeah, and I think like that's really important. you know, I have people comment on my appearance daily, and most of the comments are not nice because some people have really poor self esteem I don't know what it is yeah. and and you get like I was in really bad traffic driving through London um at the weekend, and I was getting a bombardment of messages from this one person. Uh, telling me how they wanted me to die and they wish I had cancer and all this stuff. What? and I was driving so I couldn't even block him, which is my normal reaction, just delete oh and block and not worry. But yeah, you do get like and that's the other much less glamorous side of of all of this social media stuff. and you kind
0: of that, like you put
1: yourself out there
0: i I think of a of a celebrity as something completely removed from anyone I will ever meet. yeah, and I can't you kind of associate that. That negative side of, of things with perhaps a celebrity like Hugh yeah. Grant is gonna have paparazzi following him yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of part and parcel of it. And he's or if you're a politician, you're gonna have some people that disagree mm. and you know, you're but to think of it as someone that I like know and I'm friends with who's yeah. receiving these things is shocking.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I think that um
0: not that it's ever yeah. okay, just because you're Hugh Grant. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I know it is weird because it. some
1: people do think that it's that it that it is okay, and you know, um, other um, influencers have sort of spoken about this before and things like that, and um, people say, oh, you, you know, you're putting yourself out there. So you should expect kind of like the good and the bad or whatever. But
0: so's everyone. Every day that you go to work, yeah. you're putting yourself out there. If you yeah. put makeup on and straightened your hair when yeah. you're on the sub, like on the sub, subway, the subway. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, can't, I can't speak. Something like, is that the American term? Yeah, I think the it sub, is. When you're on the, <laughs> on the what's tube, the tube. Yeah, thank you. I don't enjoy tubes, <laughs> so I don't really go on them. Um, but when you're on the tube and you've straightened your hair and you put makeup on, you sort of expect someone to be like. You're so ugly, yeah, like yeah. in your face, if you yeah. put yourself out there, you yeah. are in public, yeah, so that's such a bullshit, people reason. are just
1: so much more like confident to do it when they're hiding behind their computer screen, and just like, I'm really nervous really when we faceless. start doing our
0: like getting our feedback from yeah. all of our trial schools, yeah, because people can be as brutal as they like, and
1: yeah, I, just, I mean, like, I think you just have to view it as like um. Constructive criticism, firstly, but also if it verges on like being insulting, just like their problem. Yeah. And and it is hard. Do you have
0: any like? Is there any protection that you can take? So I I mean, I had an issue with um, someone sending me nasty things and thankfully because they'd gone to quite a weird extreme I was able to report it to the police but can you do that if people are, because it's malicious communication Yeah,
1: you can block on Instagram and you can report them but actually it's um, they're not great, I have to say Instagram aren't great at um, finding people like guilty as it were of these things so quite often you can report somebody and Instagram will get back to you and say that they've um, researched it but there's nothing that they feel has been violated and that's like you know with a bombardment of inappropriate images and everything like that so I'm not quite sure what what grounds you would need to prove that there had been violation if that wouldn't count but um they're not great at doing it i think the main thing is just like blocking and deleting and not engaging with it because yeah. otherwise it just gives them a platform yeah but sometimes it's hard and and you're only a human being you just, and wanna, you just like, want to be like that's
0: i'm going to knock you out yeah
1: exactly exactly you do and and the other thing as well is that with um like location tags and everything now people can know where you are a lot more. Yeah, scary. Yeah, it is quite scary. And I've had it once where I've where I have had to um call the police because
0: was that with was David? <laughs> was <he harassing> you? <laughs>
1: yeah, now he lives with me. No. Um, it's a weird fairy tale, people. <laughs> and uh yeah, and they knew where I worked oh, and they Jesus. knew like everything like that. And um yeah, but I I mean I think that a lot of it is just not letting you, your energy get sucked up in, in into it.
0: Um, so your Instagram is is like focused on your fitness mm. and your health. What are your fitness goals? Um, I know that for a while you were looking at doing weightlifting. Yeah, is that something that you're still working with or?
1: Um, so I did powerlifting, which is slightly different. So it's just different lifts that you do. So in powerlifting, you do. Um, oh, sorry, I just clapped. That's okay. Um, I had a real
0: panic <laughs> earlier that I actually hadn't pressed record, but but I, I did. It was fine. Okay, okay I good. Did, don't worry.
1: Um, Yeah, which is a squat, a bench, and a deadlift, and I did um, competed in that and and qualified for nationals, but I actually um, lost some of my vision. Um they don't know if it's related to that or not but you Your can parents my parents related. think it is. The the doctors said that it could be and that was enough for them to kind of yeah. jump on to that. Um sorry mom and dad if you're listening and say that you know they don't think I should do that anymore. And it, and it is um basically I burst an optic nerve and that I won't regain that sight so oh I have gosh. sort of um, my peripheral vision on both my eyes is gone. So um, on the on the sort of outside peripheral vision of my eyes, um, which it... was really scary at yeah. the time. Because you woke up and just... I woke up and I was pretty much blind, um, and I have had quite a lot of issues with my eyes. Um, like throughout my life, I've got a lazy eye, and I've had a few operations to try and rectify that when I was younger and things. Um, but yeah, I woke up and I was pretty much blind, and I was saying to David, like, stand there, stand there, I can't see you. Um, and then my vision kind of settled and I could see, I could see, uh, enough to drive. So I went to work obviously, cause I'm a teacher and that's what you do. <laughs> um, and I was talking had to... Had your
0: eyes closed on the journey there, <laughs> yeah. but
1: I kind of know the way. Yeah, I got there somehow. <laughs> um, and my head teacher was just like, you should not be here. And I was really lucky actually because, um, she had, she knew an optician, um, in Radlett, So... I went there and within an hour or two I was at the stroke hospital in London and Gosh. David had taken me, they thought I had like the, the sort of options of diagnosis for like brain hemorrhage, stroke, Jesus. like tumour, nothing was Lovely good. positive yeah.
0: options. So. I mean I
1: didn't know any of that so David had got all that information Aww. and just, I, was, I was blissfully unaware which was you nice. You were
0: blind to the situation. <laughs> use horrific pun <laughs> I'm in such taste.
1: I bet you were really excited I, about
0: saying I, as soon as I thought of it I was like I've got to get it in there somewhere yeah. um uh, the last kind of thing I would t- wanted to talk about um is actually your relationship yes um what's it like dating David <laughs> <laughs> so David is also a teacher yes um who um one of your good friends me introduced you to because <laughs> you i'm much. amazing yeah. um what's it like dating somebody that is a teacher but also has, has a slightly different yeah
1: um
0: different circumstances yeah. um secondary school things like that
1: yeah i i think that um lots of teachers end up with teachers yeah um and i think that i think that's actually a lot of people meet people through work don't they so i guess that a lot of people end up um, being with someone in the same career, but when you're teaching, um, especially at primary school, is not—it's quite sort of female-dominated, and you don't really have time for socializing at work. Yeah. So, um, but being with a teacher is nice because they understand like what you're going through. Uh, they understand that it's not like a nine till three and you spend a lot of your time as a primary school teacher colouring in like they understand that that's not the case and they see the work that you put in because I think a lot of people a lot of people that aren't teachers don't understand how difficult it is to be a teacher
0: it's basically what you're doing is you're doing an on-stage performance from nine until three, yeah, and then you do your work, yeah. So your work starts at three o'clock when the kids go home, yes,
1: yeah, and it does. and
0: you're doing that work for. You know, four or five hours, mm. um, and then you rest for your ready for your performance the next day.
1: Yeah, yeah ready for a performance that's like half scripted, but sort half, of not.
0: half scripted. Lots of heckling. You don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sure. On Some what the kids audience falling is asleep, like. but yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: People coming in late, and they're yeah. on their. Ph- I guess you don't yeah. have kids
1: on on their phones. No, we don't have phones. No, <laughs> I think we have a. You know, I think, I think it has been really, really. Um, good i mean um you know i don't know if that's just because he's a teacher i think it's probably even if he wasn't a teacher (laughs) yeah you can't just find
0: find another teacher if you break up with david any
1: teacher head
0: over to his school and see who's in the english department (laughs) who's free
1: (laughs) um but you know obviously you can spend half time and things together we're on half time now um but and as a teacher you can't just take holiday whenever you like. Yes. So even though we do get lovely long um holidays, we're often working in them and our holidays are dictated fooled. to us yeah. exactly. Um so yeah, I think that it definitely works. Just not necessarily having someone that's in the same career as you, but having somebody that understands you is really important. Like yeah. because obviously with Instagram and everything, I don't just um teach. So David is like understanding of the fact that I'm up at five and I'll get back at nine and be like, sorry, can you just take a picture of me holding this protein shake or whatever it might be? And he's really, really understanding. You've got to be patient as a boyfriend
0: to. Yeah, I don't think Matthew would tolerate (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) You have to be really, yeah, you have to be really patient and you have to, they have to see it as a job. You, You know, earlier I was saying about how if you see. social media as a job and you're not affected by it as much they also have to understand its value as a job because otherwise a lot of people just think oh you just get sent free stuff and you get to go to free places and it's really nice and they don't see like the work that goes behind the scenes yeah I think
0: even since I made the Your Favourite Teacher Instagram and I'm like, you know, I want that. My own personal one I don't really care about. I'm not like my sister who has to, you know, (laughs) show off at every opportunity. Um, But for the Your Favourite Teacher one, I'm like, oh, I want there to be loads of followers and then I can be posting things and, but actually finding the time yeah. is so tricky. Yeah. It's and hard. it doesn't even feel especially if you're at home and you're doing it on the sofa, it's like, Oh, on your phone again, are you? And I'm like, I'm it's uh, I know. It's, it's a work,
1: benefit. And then you get difficult. that screen
0: time report and it's yeah, up the, on last week. In school
1: holidays, my screen time report always goes up crazily. But then so does my engagement. It's really um that is difficult as a teacher because I don't have my phone at work just like the children don't. Yeah. So I'm responding to emails at like half ten at night sat in my car before I go back Aww. in. So it's weird. You know, that is weird. And um, and sometimes I do think I wish I'd never started it. Sometimes I do have that. The teaching or the Instagram? <laughs> no, the Instagram. Because it is like really is. There's no off button. No. Um So I think that when you have thoughts like that, you have to just kind of think, okay, why am I doing it? If it's business, then it shouldn't be affecting me in that way. And if it's fun, which it is still fun for me and it's a hobby really, um, rather than being like my main source of income, then I need to make sure that it remains fun. So I think you just have to reevaluate yourself a little bit.
0: What's your favorite type of workout class?
1: Um, I don't do many classes um, because I like to do more weight training. So, quite often I'll be training on my own. Um, but I do go to Sweatbox, which is a new gym in St. Albans. So, okay. that's boxing, mainly, right. or like a um, very small number of people in a sort of circle. My style sister really likes it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's high energy. Bright lights, lots of music, and sometimes it's great to not have to think about what you're doing yourself, yeah. that you don't have to programme your own workout. out. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you ever spin? I went spinning last night.
1: <laughs> Did you? How was that? Uh like not good yeah I, ha- I do like I quite <laughs> no like offense. spinning I do
0: <laughs> yeah. so whoever my teacher was so you were very kind and patient with me
1: <laughs> I do quite like spinning um
0: people go nuts for it though yeah. and I feel like it's a bit overboard like
1: yeah it's not my thing but um it's probably because it's a bit too cardio-y for me yeah but it is quite good to get your legs moving. And again, you don't have to think about it, which is quite nice. Plus, you can go spinning with anyone of any kind of fitness level, and everyone's kind of dying in the same boat.
0: And But also, you can she can be like, make sure your gear's on 18, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm on 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, My gear is never, never gonna, on one. Yeah. No, I
1: don't think anyone's is. I would love to, like... She but, came around and checked last and night, this lady. But um, then I also think, why are you telling me to push harder when you're not even on the bike?
0: yeah. Get that back nice. on the get
1: Slacker. back on
0: the bike. <laughs> yeah. Um. Lastly, just quickly talk through your most recent blog. So you've got one coming yeah. out that you said, but the last one was about busyness yeah. and um, being busy. Yeah. Now I feel like you almost contradict yourself slightly because you are a super super busy person. Yeah. So how do you combat that?
1: Um, well, I think it was kind of about this idea that everyone feels the need to be busy, and like if they're not busy, then they don't feel like they're doing the right thing because when you say to someone like how are you people just go oh, yeah good like busy but good
0: yeah Um,
1: like they need to get that in there as their response and I think that um, it's really important to just make sure that you're bit you're you're um, kind of focused busy so if you're busy you're doing what you want to be doing firstly and not just um, appeasing people and saying yes to things because you feel bad about it. Are you listening, David? <laughs> um, and then you're also actually doing just one thing at a time. I think people are quite big on multitasking. and yeah. do, But actually, it normally means that you're doing five jobs and you don't get any of them done and they always take longer. Um, So I'm a really big fan of time blocking, which you can actually Google. It's a way of planning your time rather than making a to-do list. Okay. Um, And you kind of, um, I went on a course on it, and you you sort of divide activities up into urgent, non-urgent, you know, and how long they're going to take roughly. And you literally make yourself a timetable. You can tell I'm a teacher. Yeah. That's why I work well to a timetable. But you're just making sure that you are prioritising the important things and having time for those and then also actually blocking in time when you're not doing things as well like blocking in like oh I'm gonna have a bath tonight and then go out for dinner or just time Netflix Netflix. Yeah, yeah exactly like time when you are allowing yourself to actually be switched off and not feel bad about the fact that you're not doing something. Because I think that's a really big thing. I think we always feel like we should be busy. And if we're not yeah. busy... You're lazy. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're being lazy or and you we're don't not working ha- hard like, enough.
0: Like, why Why aren't you busy? Why aren't you important enough yeah, that you're... Yeah, exactly.
1: The more important you are, the busier you are. Yeah. The more accessible you have to be with your phone and your emails and everything like that. And I just... I actually think that... that that that's just a myth you know you you need to make time for what's important yes and for different people that will mean different things like if you don't have to get up at 5am to do a workout like like i do don't get up at 5am to do a workout It doesn't mean that you're less busy or you're not fitting as, in as much yeah it just means that that's not a priority for you you don't have to do it at that time yeah um
0: and also i guess if you if you are if you schedule better things actually get done much faster because you've got your you've prepared yourself you've got that ready you've got that time slot and you're just doing it rather than thinking is there what else like i will start something and i will then have so many other things on the go and it just doesn't ever get me anywhere and then i feel stressed because of it
1: yeah exactly i'm i i do that all the time as well so i'm not really like saying that I've mastered it or anything like that but when I do actually sit down in the morning and it's when I'm at my most busiest that I'll sit down and say right what do I need to get done today what are my sort of high priority short tasks that I get done first high priority longer tasks that are going to take a bit longer and need a break in between and stuff like that I'm so much more effective when I do it because um I'm focused and I don't have loads of other things on my mind
0: Okay, yeah. all right, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I'm I,
1: nervous about listening back to this because I, I hate the sound of my own voice. No, so s- I, hope that it's yeah,
0: okay. I, I sound like an absolute weirdo, um, <laughs> yeah. but I've just gotten really used to
1: it. <laughs> yeah, you're just comfortable uh, with that now.
0: Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Um, hope everyone enjoyed listening to that, and we'll be back soon. Thank you. Thanks.